when you outsource this to a service provider, that service provider has worked not only with something like similar to your molecule, but with many other molecules, with many other cell lines. Hey, smart biotech scientists, welcome back. We're in the middle of a conversation with Bernardo Estupinian about CMC development and outsourcing. Maybe you have asked the question, should I outsource? And if yes, well, then you are the right spot. And if you haven't listened to the first part of our interview where we talk about how to craft a solid CMC development plan, please go back. In this part, in part two, Bernardo Stupinian, who is the principal at Struck Biologics Consulting, he will talk about outsourcing. When should you outsource? What should you outsource? And how much that will cost? When is the best time? And much, much more. He has global leadership experience in R&D, manufacturing, quality control, market research, and global marketing and business development. So stay tuned for part two. Are you juggling the complexities of CMC development while trying to enjoy the beauty of biotech? Have you ever wondered if there's a way to simplify bioprocessing? Welcome to the Smart Biotech Scientist Podcast, where we're diving headfirst into the very challenges you face. We're breaking it down, demystifying the jargon, and giving you the keys to unlock your full potential. I'm your host, David Brohlman, and I get it. With 15 plus years in the biotech industry, I face the same challenges you do. There's a way to simplify and streamline so you can remove complexity, you can skip trials and errors, deliver without delay your groundbreaking therapy to clinics at market, and still enjoy every single step. Do you want to learn how industry experts and I did it? Grab a cup of coffee and your favorite notebook and pen. Now is the time to take your bioprocessing game to the next level. Let's smarten up biotech. Now we have a solid plan. We know what we want to do. We know what we should be doing and maybe things that can wait till later. What I have noticed as an engineer and scientist that a lot of scientists ask often themselves, how can I do it? Which is a good question, but I've come across a better question because the entrepreneur coach Dan Sullivan suggests this question to ask, which is who can do this for me? So let's speak about outsourcing for a moment because this can be a game changer for small and mid-sized company or even bigger companies. So can you explain when we should consider outsourcing? If you can't make it, you outsource. When I look back at my days in academia, I would purify an enzyme because we looked to study the uh, transition state of the enzyme. So I did a lot of the purification. I did some of the analytical work, and I was able to purify this enzyme for crystallography and so forth. Is this something I would have been able to outsource? The answer is yes, because what I do in academia does not really copy-paste into manufacturing setting. So I have to outsource this into a uh, service provider that has the right equipment, has many of the same equipment, and has the understanding, background, technical expertise to take my molecule and adapt the methods that I've developed for analytics into their platform. This is very, very important. So, so you need to find a company that can help you with the analytical part. Analytical is very important to make sure you have it right because analytic is what's going to tell your process 
from upstream to downstream to purification, from drug substance to drug product, etc. And this is going to be your guardrails in terms of how you develop this project. So your analytics has to be spot on, really good analytics. They also have to be analytics that are easy to transfer. In other words, if I do, God forbid, I were to do a Bradford assay. Some of your listeners probably don't even know what a Bradford assay is because they're too young. But years ago, we used to do Bradford assay for protein (laughs) concentration. You cannot do that today in a uh, GMP setting. It just doesn't exist. My point is that your methods have to be transferable to different platforms. If I use a uh, one machine, I need to be able to transfer another machine. That concept is called, that's the robustness of the process. You have to have that. So anyway, so the first thing that I would consider critical outsourcing is the analytics, because those will then confirm what you have done in your laboratory as a biotech, perhaps you're in one of these biotech hubs where you have shared systems, shared laboratories to develop concepts and so forth. This is going to be very important. And then once that is done, your next thing is going to have the outsourcing of making this material. You're working maybe on a small bioreactor, maybe on a three liter bioreactor, glass bioreactor. You need to bring that into a larger bioreactor, into a 10 stir tanks, 10, 50 liter bioreactor, just to start replicating the conditions that your expression platform, whether it's a a microbial or mammalian, will be exposed to once they enter the manufacturing stage. And this is also important because if your expression platform is not able to survive a 50-liter bioreactor, it will not survive a 2,000-liter or a 15,000-liter bioreactor scale. So this is also very important. You have to make sure that you're working with the right cell line that is going to express the protein. And then you merge those two together between the analytical work that you've done and the development work that you've done to show, okay, the molecule that I now have is actually the same that I did when I started doing this on bench scale. Now you've confirmed the first scale-up concept from bench into a bioreactor. Now you're ready to go to the next stages and further stages. Now, what companies sometimes ask is how much should you outsource? Because there's a fine line between keeping the knowledge or I'd say acquiring process understanding and knowledge and outsourcing a lot with the purpose of being cost efficient and focusing on where the companies are good at. So is there a simple way to find a sweet spot between outsourcing and doing the work in-house? Yeah, I think a good analogy of this is your baby. When you have a family and you have a baby, do you take your baby to daycare or do you keep it at home? And how long do you want to keep it at home before it actually goes to daycare? And by the time you're ready to take it to daycare, is it too late? I mentioned that because I think that resonates with a lot of people. This is your one project. This is your one product. This is your one baby. And you want to have control of it. You don't just want to give it up. Because if you give it up to a outsourced partner and they mess it up, then this is it for you. So that's a great, but there's a secret that many people don't realize. When you outsource this to a service provider, that service provider has worked not only with something like similar to your molecule, but with many other molecules, with many other cell lines. I mean, they have the expertise, experience, know-how, and understanding of a lot of the variabilities that we see in process development. And if you don't outsource, you will never be able to find that spot that says, okay, what I have is actually really good. So there is 
huge value in outsourcing because they see the models that the outsource partner will bring all that knowledge that they have from working with all these molecules, with all these cell lines, even though it's a Cho cell line. I mean, the thing is, you know, a Cho is a Cho, but it's not really because we have a lot of different variations of Cho, just like we have different variations of E. coli and Picky and so forth. Unless you are somebody that has worked with all of them, which is very unlikely, the CRO has worked with these. The CDMO has worked with this. So there is value in that. You just need to make sure that you get good value in terms of money for what it is that this service provider needs brings to equation. And this is where you have to work with people that have worked with these service providers that can give you advice, that can guide you in terms of who to work with. There's tools you can use to find out, do I want to work with a big CDMO? Do I want to work with a small one? Do I want to work with somebody that's down the road from me? Do I want to work with somebody that's across the pond with me? I mean, it's, these are all decisions. And they all come back to how much money do you have to spend on this project? Can you shed some light on this process? Because there's so many CDMOs out there or CROs or whatever you need to outsource. I mean, it's very difficult to choose the right partner. Can you break it down a few simple steps for someone listening who now is in this process of selecting an outsourcing partner? Yeah. So recently I published an article, which is called the Finding the Right City Mall, you know, and it uses the photo of a unicorn. And uh, it was very much in line with what you're asking, because often what you find is service providers say they can do everything. So then you have a jack of all trades and a master of none. Is that what you want? And then other service providers say, yeah, we don't do everything. We do a few things, but we do them really well. So this is the art. This is what you look. And then you have on the sponsor side is the question, do I want to work with somebody that can do it all? Or do I want to work with specialized CROs that can take me from stage to stage to stage? And a lot of it will really depend on what is your business plan as a biotech? Is it speed to clinic? And then... If it's speed to clinic, then you need to find out, okay, who are the companies that meet all the criteria in order for me to get to the clinic as quickly as possible? And knowing that there's no such thing as one shop for everything. There's just no such thing. And ultimately, what you find out is you will have to strike a balance between working with two to three CROs or service providers versus managing five or six service providers. The more service providers you have to manage, it's costlier, time-consuming, and so forth. But what are the risks associated with that? I mean, maybe the risk is that they're good at one thing and not so good at others, and that may cause a delay. It is a balance, and you have to just trust your instinct. Find somebody that's good at advising you. I mean, you have to use advisors for this that can guide you through this, get good referrals on what they've done, etc. And what are the pitfalls to watch out for in this CDMO or CRMO um, selection process? Some of the pitfalls will be, they'll, they'll tell you they can do it, but they're not being very specific that they can do it. They tell you, yeah, we can do it next year or in, in a month. And then you start talking more about this. And they say, well, actually, you know, we, we can start the process in a month, but we can't really get you in the laboratory for another three months. A lot of it really has to come in terms of questions and answers. Just like when you take your baby to daycare, you're not just going to take your baby and they open the door and you give your baby to the person behind the door and then you come back at the end of the day and you pick up your baby. And you're going to ask a lot of questions to the daycare facility. So think of it that way. Think of it as this is your baby. If this was your baby, what would you 
do in order to make sure that that daycare center is the right daycare center for you? These are the same kinds of questions that you need to ask to service providers, because at the end of the day, this is your baby and you want this baby to come back healthy at the end of the day, at the end of the month, because this is what you grow as a company. And once you've found the right partner and you're happy with it, what do you need to do to make this collaboration successful? Transparency is a big thing. It's very important that the relationship is as transparent as possible. It's important to recognize that there's no such thing as everything working perfectly, ever. It doesn't happen in marriage. Why should it happen with CDMOs? So we all have problems. And being able to talk about this is very important. But if I'm a CDMO and we do something and it didn't work out because we've made an error, we need to be able to convey this information to our sponsor, our partner, because their decisions are not just related to the CDMO making the drug substance. Their decisions are related to me taking that drug substance, working with the drug product manufacturing, and then with the clinical research organization that's going to do the clinical trials. So for me, there's more than that. And it's very important because you always have to have contingency plans. You always have to have plan A is the main plan, but then there's a plan B, plan C, plan D. In case of something not happening, you need to always make sure that you understand what's happening. And then also it all comes down also to money. We don't have deep pockets. We have a finite number amount of money that we have in order to bring a project to the clinic. So I need to work with the service provider to work with me in a way that with my budget, I'm able to get to the clinic. And for the CRO to understand that that is important because if I'm able to go to the clinic, I will continue with the CRO to the next stage, which is phase two. And then I'm going to continue with this CRO to the next stage, which is maybe phase three. And then if my program gets outsourced or acquired by Big Pharma, that Big Pharma may eventually work with that CMO to keep the project in the CDMO. There's a lot of ripple effects to having a good relationship. This is what it's important to be as transparent as possible. We've covered a lot of ground. Bernardo, what is the most important takeaway from our conversation? I think the most important takeaway for your listeners here is the fact that if you have a molecule and you think it's an amazing molecule, that's really great. And then start thinking about how am I going to take this amazing molecule to the clinic? And who am I going to work with to bring this successfully into the clinic? Because my first goal should be a good phase one IND study to show that this is an amazing molecule because that will just then catapult you into the next stage in the next stage. Don't think about conquering the world at once. One battle at a time is what I say. <laughs> yeah, that's excellent advice. Thank you so much for sharing all the insights, your expertise. I'm Bernardo. Where can people connect with you? Thanks for that. Yes, I started my own consulting business called Drug Biologics Consulting. That website is also linked to something called CDMO Advisor. CDMO Advisor is a user-focused platform that would help your listeners, for instance, identify who the right CMO is for a project that they're looking to do. Basically, what we do is we track over 100 CDMOs on a whole series of different capabilities. It's just like when you go to a restaurant and you click on the menu what it is that you want. The idea behind it is that we will then provide you free of charge a list of all the possible CDMOs that fit your criteria. And then with that, we have CDMOs that are partnered with us, which means you will then have a direct link to that CDMO. 
or you can also ask us to help you make the connection. I mean, the idea of it is to be very user focused and to help really the small companies like your listeners to get those amazing molecules out of their bench and into the clinic, because ultimately that is what we really enjoy about biotech, being able to take these into the clinic and see how these molecules do these amazing things that we think they can do. Yeah, smart biotech scientists. You will find all the links down in the show notes. And thank you so much, Bernardo, for being on the show today and sharing that many insights and your expertise. It was a pleasure, David. Thank you for asking me to join you. All right, smart scientists. That's all for today on the Smart Biotech Scientist podcast. Thank you for tuning in and joining us on your journey to bioprocess mastery. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast platform. By doing so, we can empower more scientists like you. For additional bioprocessing tips, visit us at smartbiotechscientist.com. Stay tuned for more inspiring biotech insights in our next episode. Until then, let's continue to smarten up biotech.